A city of justice, a city of love, a city of peace for every one of us. We all need it, can't live without it. A Gotham City, oh yeah. Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net for this and many other great podcasts. I'm Josh, and joining me is... Hi, this is Donovan. And this is Tessa. Tessa Gooley. And we are back to review, not Downton Abbey, and not Sorry. a pretend episode of Gotham, but uh, Gotham's return in there as we begin the final four episodes with Beasts of Prey. And in Beast of Prey, uh, Gordon is going after Milo, a.k.a. Peter Petrelli from Heroes, who here is known as the Ogre, who um, attacks, you know, young women. And uh, it's kind of a Fifty Shades of Grey thing where he has, like, you know, a whole torture chamber in there. So it's Fifty Shades of Peter well, it's, Petrelli it's, it's this not episode. For, uh, well, yeah, I, guess, I guess it is for his pleasure, but, like, it's, it's not exactly a playroom. Yeah. But Gordon doesn't really get to confront him this episode because it's more of a setup episode. But he does find out that, you know... Loeb basically, you know, maneuvered him into going after the ogre to kind of get rid of Gordon and teach him a lesson. So Gordon does his usual yelling at Loeb thing in the voice that we've been making fun of because he's kind of like had his own Batman voice like evolve over the course of the show. And it was in full force this week. Meanwhile, Selena Kyle and uh, Bruce Wayne go to investigate Reggie, the guy who uh, stabbed Alfred. Alfred was going to do it himself, but he's still bleeding. Um so Bruce and Selena find him, and Bruce finds out that he was, you know, working for the Wayne board. And Selena pushes him out of a window in cold blood. We'll have some things to say about that. Oswald Cobblepot spends a whole episode trying to acquire silent ownership in a bar just because it's the setting for his um, eventual murder of Don Maroney. We'll see how that goes. And Fish finally gets off of the island of bad writing as she hijacks a helicopter and gets out of there with, you know, <laughs> with her friends. Uh, so that was Beasts of Prey. What did we think of this episode? Um, you know, it's funny because how ma- do you know exactly how many weeks we've gone without Gotham? The last episode was March second. Okay, so easily so a little least, over a month. At least four, if not five weeks. And in those weeks, we've had episodes of the Flash return. For, for Flash returned for like three weeks, uh, and I very much love that show. Uh, Daredevil, the Netflix series, has come and gone. So we've had that. You know, we've had some trailers come out for new uh, superhero movies. We've had some previews for other superhero movies for DC and Marvel. So uh, I wonder where you're going with this. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, you come back to this, and uh, it's, it's, it's sort of like, ah, uh, yeah, this is Gotham. This is the show. And it's almost unfair because you don't want to exactly compare. You don't want to put up your criticism just by comparing it to other shows and seeing how it measures up and making that your judgment on the show. But at the same time, it did kind of like, like, like really give a mean average towards me, towards my enjoyment of the show, or at least reminded me of it. And it's like, you know, there's nothing really going on that I care about in this show. And this, this, sort, of, this sort of really underlines that. Um, I don't care about Fish Mooney. I don't care about the Penguin strong-arming somebody for a bar for reasons. Um... I kind of care about the Bruce Wayne plot lines, but that's sort of so abstract. Like, you know, it went from, like, trying to find his parents' killers to, like, you know, investigating the waiting board to, you know, asking the guy named Reggie. And it's just, I don't know. I I understand where it's going, but it's not really holding me that much. 
And I was just about interested in the Gordon and Bullock plot while trying to find the ogre. I was kind of interested in that, but the way they're going about it was kind of so, I don't say cheesy, but like kind of melodramatic that my interest was a little low. So I don't want to say that I hated this episode or it was actually a bad episode, but I think, I think my tolerance with Gotham is really running out. I think that the show needs to do something really spectacular for me to keep on watching because I don't see myself fully engaged on a consistent basis and uh, this episode is sort of more of the same. So you loved it. It's, 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 not, it's not a bad episode, but I didn't like it too much. And I think we're, yeah, I think we're in a bad position because I, I think we were getting fatigue from it in general. You know, like, oh, it's another Gotham episode that we have to do. You know, one after another. And then also coming from a break, then you're sort of reluctant to begin it again. So on either side... You know, there's not a lot of joy uh, coming from it, and and it's sad to think that. <laughs> it's sad to think that. Um, you you know, mainly th- there are two reasons why uh, I'm. I guess I continue to be on this show. I guess three, if you think about it. Josh and Don are, are two of the reasons, and Aww. and the other reason is the Jim Gordon storyline. And I was actually talking to my mom tonight, and I thought, you know. I'm just not I'm not enjoying Gotham really as much and you know Flash and Arrow are, are really where it's at and and Arrow continues to be my favorite I think uh, compared to Don I know that Flash is his number one love but I was saying to my mom you know if it was just a Jim Gordon TV show I I think it would be amazing I just think there's too much going on and mm-hmm. and I think the episodes I think we would all agree that the episodes that are really diluted and have maybe one or two of you know the cast members and, and stories those are the strongest ones because you can really focus on that and so here we have uh, another episode that has many different storylines going on you've got the Bruce added one which you know sometimes pops up no Barbara which is good because I think that would have been I don't even know what would have happened but that would have been overboard to be sure uh, I, I think the strongest part of the she would have been with reggie drinking yeah well i don't think he was drinking i thought he was shooting up i thought he had heroin was he no uh, he had pills but like what, what actually i wasn't paying attention what was he doing exactly? I, I think he it was uh, shooting as sort of her, yeah i think anyways at a drug den? I, I believe so oh yeah. that explains gallery. that whole it it, it I'm, I'm now realizing what Selena meant. Like, kids shooting galleries. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it's yeah. a little bit heavier. <laughs> I understand that now. Yeah, which I guess he got the money, of course, for it since he was able to do that. So um, I, I think the, the strongest storyline of this was uh, the Jim Gordon um, with uh, Milo Ventagio, uh, Venta. Yeah, Um, which I I know you know him from Heroes, but he is uh, Jesse for me on Gilmore Girls. That's always what I will remember him as. Oh, really? Uh, So it's a little scary, actually, to see him and think, oh, Rory Gilmore dated him. Um, But I actually really like that storyline. Just creepy. It seemed like it would really fit into the Gotham and the the Batman verse. And uh, I love that it's carrying over because I felt like it it was a, a strong enough uh, villain and story to pull over into two episodes because sometimes, like the Scarecrow one, I didn't really understand. Josh was talking about we all love the Scarecrow, and I was like, I don't remember liking those episodes as much as he's, <laughs> Just he's like filling my heart with things that I don't remember. Um, but any uh, the <laughs> fish, the fish was I don't know. There were some parts that felt like very weird, and I maybe it was just coming off of the break. That you know, but but overall, I, I thought 
I, my my heart was sort of like a sinusoidal graft. It, it was it was up when the Jim Gordon and and that stuff was going on. I thought the Bruce and Selena was um, decent. The Penguin, ah, you know, once we figured out what he was doing, and you know the fish was kind of down there, so it, it was up and down. But um, overall, I wasn't super excited, you know, to to, to watch the show come back. But you know, if fish leaves, maybe it'll be. If as long as they don't bring in someone new, maybe it'll be a stronger. Oh show. my god! What? <laughs> you guys are both such downers. What did you I love this? I, I I didn't love it, but like, um, you know. Normally, and, you're the negative one, so it's kind of ironic. What? Yeah. I, I feel like I've defended the show a lot, and um, <laughs> you know, and and there was a private conversation among us and our friend Chris uh, from the comic Whoever book film is. review where, where wherever he is, yes. <laughs> He's off. He's off with Reggie somewhere, okay. um, and oh, we were talking about the show compared to Daredevil, and everyone. And and I said I don't think that the show's like you know best days are behind it because it's not like there's still really really good episodes that I'll enjoy. And Penguin's Umbrella, it's not like that episode was like three seasons ago. So I still feel like you know the show isn't a lost cause. Like there's episodes that I don't enjoy, but there's still ones I enjoy. The way you guys you guys are talking about this show like it's like raking leaves. Like it's it's time to do this again. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't want to like you know misconstrue the exact tone of my dissatisfaction with the show, but I think that like we talked about this like a, a lot of times before. You know, while still remaining friends, some somewhat. But like I I think that like. When you weigh the good episodes to the bad episodes, there are there are really good episodes like Penguin's Umbrella, and maybe one or two others. And then there are episodes like oh that, that, was, that was kind of entertaining for forty five minutes. And then then there are ones that are either boring or uneventful or just downright bad. And I keep on seeing those week after week after week. Is it and it just kind of tells me that there's no clear direction for the show, and the show kind of lives and dies off of the inherent interest of the Batman supporting characters. And it's kind of making me realize that, like, I guess in a Batman story, Batman's always going to be the most interesting character. I don't really give a damn about so many characters in, the sh- in the, on this ensemble cast. And I think that, at least for me, that's, that's kind of a problem. Because they're not presenting me a reason why I should care. Well, well, I mean, and after all that defense I did, I do have to say that this episode was not a favorite of mine. I didn't hate it, but I felt like it was set up, and, um, you know, when the show came back after winter break, you know, they kind of switched from doing Villain of the Week to, like, each villain kind of got two weeks. Like, you know, The Electrocutioner got two episodes, Scarecrow got two episodes, um, and this is, like, another two-episode thing that probably could have been one episode, I I say, without seeing next week's, you know, where – because Gordon never really, like, catches the ogre. He just, like, you know, realizes, I got to go after the ogre and then gets mad at Loeb, and – Penguin doesn't do anything. He, you know, like, except buy a bar. But that could have, like, <sighs> that plot could have easily been cut. Because, like, we could have an episode next week where we just, like, find out through a piece of dialogue that, like, he used his resources or Butch, who was missing this week. We had, like, you know, a Butch substitute, like, you know, got the bar for Penguin or something. It's, uh, so, you know, that that was kind of, like, the only plot lines that really, you know, had any forward momentum were like the Bruce Wayne one and Fish finally, finally getting off of that island. I was like, please, please let her get on that helicopter and leave so we don't have to deal with this like stupidity of the Dollmaker Island again. But uh, going into plot line by plot line, you know, the the Gordon plot with uh, Peter Petrelli, a.k.a. Jesse, 
AKA Milo and his 50 shades of gray. Yeah, it was my, I think it was the strongest part. I honestly, I I disagree that it could have been wrapped up. Well, you know, I guess if you're saying everything, all of the stories could have been done in one. I think that potentially is true, but I think that this one has a lot of suspense and uh, just a macabre nature to it that uh, I I think it's, it's, it certainly, it felt almost like you were watching a film, uh, you know, where you're, you're getting inside because the way they were using backflashes, which I thought was really intriguing because you have, I mean, Some of those oh, really? Wrong. Well, I mean, I don't know. So I guess this is where I'm going to differ from everyone else. But, you know, you, the girl is dead, obviously. So you're, it's almost like Gone Girl in a way, just where you're trying to figure <gasps> out, you know, uh-huh, you're trying to figure out like what's going on and, and obviously you're, I guess as the the third person omniscient narrator understands and knows what happened to this girl and you're seeing uh, how it increased and yeah crescendo to her death basically um, and little by little just getting to know this guy and now I think it's really going to step it up because it was all about him and this girl and how it all ended up and next one now it gets personal and Jim is is not on the periphery anymore but is really involved so I think that this one I'm completely fine with it being split up and you know he, yeah Milo very suave and handsome guy and so you know even with this little you know I'm looking for uncontrolled love you know that something something's deep down that you know something's bad about it uh which makes me nervous for the dating scene i hope i never find someone that's looking for con- unconditional love because then i'll think back to this episode um but but uh yeah just a, a nice character that that you you know like oh he's attractive and then all of a sudden I'm, you know he's like christian gray he's got this deep dark dirty secret uh, but it, it's it's a little darker, I think, than Christian Grey. So uh, I think it was the strongest aspect. And, uh, yeah, frightening, suspenseful, uh, and, and I liked it. How did you feel about Gordon and Loeb at the end? Uh, with that, yeah, well, it, it, part of it seemed inappropriate, uh, the way he was yelling at him, um, because all of his interactions thus far with him uh, have been very personal and cloistered. It's been in his office. If they're in front of the cameras, it's, you know, shaking a hand and whispering. And this, now it's out there. It is out there that there is animosity between the two, and I think that's something that's dangerous potentially to have. Um, and, and now I'm just wondering, you know, how is this going to uh, affect Jim Gordon's run to, you know, be the president of the, the police union and is something if something bad happens to commissioner Loeb, could it be pinned on uh jim so obviously everything's very heightened with this particular uh bad guy but but i felt like he should not have gone after him in that in that way but i guess that goes to show how much he cares for lee since it's basically her life on the line that yeah exactly i guess if that's accelerated quickly uh yeah so that that caused him to to <laughs> a act lot happened over the break i guess i don't think he's gonna i mean we'll talk about it more when we get to the preview but i think that um Loeb and ogre are acting on outdated information because i don't think that ogre is going to go after lee um if, well, if, if the, you the, if you watch the preview he goes yeah. after um a different lady in gordon's life yeah who barbara, barbara? Barbara, yeah. I hope she kicks the bucket. So the uh, the Milo plot line, mm-hmm. I thought that like it's 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 an interesting one because it's invest. Well, first of all, it is kind of cool to like see a villain that's not really a Batman villain yet. Like I was kind of getting tired of like the whole like you know, uh, Scarecrow year one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because I'm kind of just tired of seeing that trope on the show. So, and it's cool to see. Like, I, is that like, I'm not, uh, to my shame, I've still not started Heroes, even though Josh lent me his DVDs. I feel bad about that. Um, but uh, I do like the actor. I mean, he's, um, he was in Rocky Balboa, which was great. He's been, he's been a few things I've seen. I can't think of off the top of my head now. But like, he, he, I, he always has a presence and I, he's a likable actor. The plot line is, I mean, this is basically just Ted Bunny, right? I mean, like this, a, a, a charming guy who seduces women to stay over with him, and then, then he kind of just like destroys them. And that's not the most unique idea for a serial killer. Plus, I, I, I don't know. It, it's it's a, it was a little plotting of like that whole scene where like, oh, I made your steak. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I overcooked it. It was lamb. Oh, no, fool. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever meat. Like, like I, I overcooked your dinner, and he's like, well, you know, it's not you, it's me. I think I guess you don't have to die. <laughs> Like that, it was a combination of like me just not really enjoying seeing like that kind of like woman and pearl trope, and it being kind of just like I don't know. It, it wasn't the most like unique way to portray this guy, but I, it, it was it's, it's a means for instance for Gordon to kind of like you know do something. It was I, I, I was interested in it. I, I'm not sure how good it was, but it was okay. And I feel bad. Saying, I, I, I'm sure that people who like this show are just annoyed at us kind of ragging on it two thirds of the time. And I feel bad about that, but I mean, again, we have we have that guy that wrote into the comic cast. Yeah, that guy. I mean, we we have Bullock saying, "Jim, you can't do this. You got to back off of this." And he's like, "I'm not going to back off of this." Is that not done every single episode? Like, yes. <laughs> yes. I, I know this is the first season. I I did like how no matter how much Bullock protested, it's like you're coming with me, right? Yes. But like, I mean. Real talk, like they do that all the time. It's, 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 like, it's like that April Fool's episode we did, where we did like all the like reused lines. Uh, uh, it's just, I, I, I gotta imagine like the actors are getting away with this because it's nothing real. I mean, there, there's a character they kind of chase, but like there's nothing real new with the dynamic. They're and, crying into their million dollar paychecks. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just, I wish it were done better. That's all I gotta say. I I feel like like and like I said in my overall thoughts that this was more of a setup episode and you know I mean without seeing next week once again I feel like you know Gordon didn't even confront the ogre or like it's not like they even had like a first battle or a close call this was just like him investigating and you know Stella brought up the benefits of that with like that create suspense for you know if he goes after Lee or Barbara next week but it you know I felt like the flashbacks were too long we had like three or four separate flashbacks of him, you know, killing a not Vesper Fairchild and like, including yeah. like the one where like he takes her home and um, like, you know, and like he's talking about his place and she's talking about how nice it is. She's like, Oh, I'd like to stay here for a night. Like that scene was very long and it didn't really communicate that much information. Like you could have had the scene of them at the bar and then the scene of her leaving the next morning. And like, she could have talked about his place then it's, um, yeah, I, I felt like it was too much, too much. Oh, gosh. Uh, Gordon and Loeb, I feel like everything that happened and everyone has a cobblepot has been forgotten because, like, Gordon got the upper hand on him, and he's like, I control you now because, you know, like, I have this trump card, which is, you know, your daughter. And he's like, do you want me to resign? He's like, no, no, no. I want you right here because if you leave, someone else is just going to ch- take But then Loeb tries to retaliate with that, though. Right. Well, you know, like, I can control you now. Like, shouldn't Gordon, like, you know, play the daughter card now? Because, like, that card was willing to get Loeb to resign. I, you know, actually, I'm, I'm actually not sure if Jim Gordon will willingly exploit 
a family member with mental illness. I think that was just sort of a threat, but he, now he's just going to like, I, I, I feel like it was a bluff, but did Loeb know that? It's right. He had Loeb like right where he wanted him, you know, I almost said last week, but like last episode when he's like, you know, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to retire? You know, and Gordon explained like why he wanted him to stay where he is, but now Gordon's like, I'm coming after you. Hello? I, 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 can't, I can't unhear that voice. That's what – listen to him. That's what he does. He like – he, he does. He definitely does put on a voice when he – or maybe he doesn't. When, well, he was oh, he, he d- When he's yelling at Loeb, he what? was in year one, ironically enough, which had Commissioner Loeb in it too. That is time around, actually. <laughs> yes. So, eh, I mean, I, it would have been kind of clunky and exposition to somehow like mention the daughter in that plot, but I feel like, you know, it – it's almost as if that last conversation between them didn't happen. Like, and why, I mean, I guess I could see why Loeb would be doing this because like, you know, Gordon is a threat and he wants to get rid of him, but why isn't Gordon playing the card? You know, we'll have to see in the next few weeks, but that did bother me, but that's really all I have to say about the ogre. Anyone else have any thoughts before we move on? I think that it it honestly was the most interesting plot for me. I'm interested to see where it goes. I think that like, I don't know, it it, it still was kind of cliche E, but I, I that is like leading all the plots in terms of like you know let's let's see where this goes and I and I do like Gordon and Bullock so there's some goodwill still left with those characters so I I I didn't love it but I did like it the most I suppose yeah I mean and we got to see Nigma do something aside from Moon over Miss Kringle you know <laughs> once in a while yeah yeah so that was nice uh, next plot line. Fish Mooney finally escapes from the <laughs> island of Bad Rock. Oh, okay. Well, this should be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Don? Let's hear what you have to say. This should be interesting. Well, I'm not going to whine every time Fish shows up just because I don't like whatever, however she's written. But I, when, when this episode first started, and she's like, oh, hello, old person. I, I'll be sure to you know make, make your dishes. As though she's always worked there. I was just like, no, 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 no. I'm tired of this woman doing whatever she wants just because she's played by Jada Pinkett Smith. It's crap, and I don't like it. I know that she made an arrangement last episode, but even still, it's just I, it really rubs me the wrong way. I don't feel like she's earned that. So this episode is about her escaping, and I gotta say I, I didn't care that about too much about that either. Although you know, it the, the plot line was kind of plotting, so it's good to see that that has ended. I was actually legitimately shocked that she got shot on the way out. Mm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that has me interested in seeing where that goes. But overall, good riddance to this like plot where, you know, Colm Fjord of Amazing Spider-Man 2 fame plays Dollmaker. Because I, like, I don't like Dollmaker from the comics anyway. I think he's, he's actually a really asinine kind of villain. You know, it's weird because um, I've been really getting into the Dragon Ball Z culture. And I felt like watching this. <laughs> Well, and I felt over like um, watching this, I, I like felt like I was in tune with Dragon Ball Z because Fish just walks around the turban on her head the entire time. And I thought, oh, look, there's Piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, goodness. But I do wonder There's why so she uh, walks around with that. Yeah, it started out re- – this is what, what I – when I was talking about the you know overall. It just – some of it felt really weird. I felt like there was no direction for it. I mean, you know, it's like the day in the life of fish, basically. This is what she does. She greets people. She says hello. She goes down to the cave and talks to her little minions. And then she has a plan. I think really when it started was when she had that plan – 
you know, which was actually a very good one. I mean, setting those six big guys out to be a distraction, then going. And I thought, well, for once in your life, Fish Mooney, you are actually a decent person because you went back for Kelly. That's his name, right? Um, uh, the the prison butch? Prison. Oh, yes. When you said butch, I was not thinking of what you were thinking. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, the, the last quarter of the fish stuff was super interesting. Um, when she was walking down the hallway and Dollmaker came up, which is funny that his name finally came out and she didn't say Dollmaker, but Dollmaker. Um, when that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, is is she really going to be stuck here again? But I'm so glad that she got out. And, uh, I thought actually that she was going to get shot dead. I thought she was going to bang, bang. But, uh, I feel like since Jada Pinkett Smith has said, you know, well, I'm not, I'm not coming back, but you know, who knows where Fish's journey is that, you know, there's the potential of her, you know, getting nixed. But, uh, yeah, the last quarter I thought was good. It was, you know, I guess I can say exciting, but the first three quarters, I just thought, what is this? I'm also wondering if like, this will be the end of her. Cause I'm not convinced that she's leaving the show, even though she said she is. Like Allison Mack did the same thing during Smallville uh, years ago when it was when it was that season finale of her like walking into the safe house. Oh and the safe house man, that made me nervous. Yeah, she was going on like press tours, and then like the next episode, Clark like X-rays her grave and says like Chloe's alive, and then like fans were saying, "Why did Clark X-ray the grave?" Like. Like, because he didn't think she was alive at that point. Like, he was expecting to, like, see her decomposing corpse, which is weird. But anyway, um, that was our small reference of the week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I- I'm not convinced that, like, she's really dead. I think that it, that it might be a tease. But, she's not dead, but, like, she's well, definitely... That, that, that she's going to die or leave the show. But, like, you know, there's... It, it could still go either way. And when she got shot, I was, like, nervous. I was like, oh, man. And I'm thinking, are they going to kill her before the season finale? Because, you know, usually if it's a big death, you do it in the season finale. But there's some shows like Breaking Bad or, uh, oh, what was that show I watched a few years ago with all those, like, old women? Golden? Um, Desperate, uh, Housewives. Oh. Desperate Housewives. Not the Golden Years? Desperate Housewives had, like, a major character die in the middle of the season. And, like, s- stuff like that. I-, I feel like it would be a season. But then I, I'm also thinking... This character, after all she's done, they are not going to kill her by having her bleed out in a helicopter. Like, she has to either die by Penguin's hand or something more spectacular. The other side of that, too, is if she does die this way, it's her dying, rescuing people from Mm -hmm. the Dollmaker, which isn't Mm -hmm. a bad Mm -hmm. death, you know? I'm glad that she kept her promise. Um, You know, in the minute that she met Van Pelt from Jumanji at the beginning, he's like, I'm the hunter. I was like, oh, well, he's dead, which I'm surprised that. Is it the actual Van Pelt or are you just saying that he was like him? Okay. Yeah, he was like Van Pelt. I don't I don't think it was the actual Van Pelt. I didn't look that up. I just like it it reminded me with like the gun and the whole like, you know, I am the hunter thing. And um, and apparently Fish knows how to fly a helicopter. So it's probably (laughs) because there's something in that wig. I still say. Why don't you think that maybe she's that's like, why she has the turban? Why don't you think that she's going to die and she'll be show up in season two when she says she won't? Because they put it, so much money into. The I, 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 feel, I feel like if the character was going to die, they would make it a surprise, not have the or like leave, not have the actress say it, and because like we went through this with Chloe oh, Sullivan, and because Chloe. she's such a big part of the show, it's she's a big and, part of the show because she's a celebrity. 
Uh, and because we have, like, has she ever missed an... Yeah, she did miss an episode. I remember we talked about it. I think it was uh, Spirit of the Goat was, like, a fishless episode. Fishless. And, and, we gave, and we gave it, like, good reviews. We're like, wow, oh, we really nice. like this one. Well, I mean, I mean um, that, like, I feel that, like, uh, um, somebody of that caliber of Jada Pinkett isn't going to be on, unless she's the star of the show, isn't going to be on the show, you know, constantly, consistently for, for seasons, being to the side. I, I'm questioning... What exactly? I, I think oh. she's going to die. I'm questioning what the point of their character is because she's not really done anything to impact like Gotham down the line, or I mean, she's just kind of like a rival to Penguin. Well, but but she's she helps set up Penguin's character. Like I don't think she's a waste of space. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Falcone could have done that. Malone could have done that. I really, I really don't know. Do you think that she's had a big major impact on the show? Still? Um. I feel like it was really big in the beginning, but then it sort of started dying out. I mean, once the the jig was up with, or the gig, the gig was up with uh, the Falcone, I think that's when she lost her prominence. Because really what was defining Fish at that point was that she wanted to take over. So when everything was, you know, the cat out of the bag was gone, what was left for Fish? And then all of a sudden she was put into this dead end this dead end uh, storyline with this weirdness. I mean, well, I don't know. Of all things, this is what you know is going to happen. I think it would have been much more intriguing to see her outside of the city, somehow rebuilding, and then you know coming back with with something more powerful. But here, you know, she's she's brought down to size, and uh, then she builds herself up in in a very unique situation that has nothing to do with what's going on in Gotham. So, unfortunately, um, I think the writers did it to her because I think she was really big in the beginning, but after the Falcone, then then she was dropped down. I think the problem is that, like, a lot of times whenever she has a plot, she's written as a protagonist, so we're, we, so we're meant to empathize with her plot. Hmm. She's, a, she's a new character divorced of the Batman mythos who's a criminal, and I don't feel sorry for her. I don't ever empathize with her. And I don't. I'm always wondering what, why, why are we con- like? Okay, I understand Penguin. Obviously, he's a major Batman character. Gordon, obviously, Bruce, obviously, Selena, obviously, even even Edward Nimitz, obviously. But we don't ever see like Maroni or Falcone like uh, be protagonists in their kind of plots, which which is understandable because they're out and out bad guys. So, so to see this, they're ra- cartoon characters. But to see, so is so, so is Fish. I mean, to see this random uh, original character giving these plot lines as though we're interested in seeing her succeed, I think it's very, like, presumptuous. Which is probably why I'm always kind of really... Which is probably why I'm, I'm more annoyed than I should be whenever she's given the spotlight. I'm like, I don't care. Show me somebody else. And I think that's, that's the main thing rather than like, the character itself. They're kind of put in that situation where the writers think we'll cover her just because she's Jada Pinkett Smith. What do you guys think about that? Maybe. Um, I thought it was interesting how, like, this episode, we see her more, like, vulnerable and more out of control. Like, when she's, like, she had to pretty much beg for, the, like, her life in the scene with the doll maker. And, you know, before she, you know, she always had an answer or would do things like, you know, I don't know, take out her eye to, like, Ugh. get control of the situation. And, uh, yeah, I have a story about that later. Uh, so, it we saw another side of her this episode where like you know she she could have died in that scene and it, it, it it's it's actually almost funny because she's like i got this knife to kill myself what if i kill you now no don't kill me and i'm like didn't you just tell him that you wanted to die but she wants to do it by her own hands yeah, yeah so, and, and the fact again the fact that there's something just kind of like really disconcerting with um i don't know the writing where that kind of inconsistency shows up a lot 
one of the families I work with, like one of the kids said that he wanted to start watching Gotham and he watches, you know, like Lost and Walking Dead with his family. So he's seen like things of Kaz. So he asked me to show him an example scene. I said, all right, if you can get through this scene, then you're ready for Gotham. And I showed him on YouTube the oh fish takes gosh. out her eye scene. And he said, well, I'm going to have nightmares Why would you do that? But he's – he he watches Walking Dead. Well – there, there's like well, much it happened in Walking Dead too. Which McCall stabbed his eyeball. Yeah, um, Michonne and mm-hmm. uh, the governor. The governor. Uh, do you think that um, you know getting to to what Donovan uh, sort of made made a claim about you know that the actress is she given these storylines? Do you think that it could potentially be similar to Halle Berry in the as Storm in the X Men movies that she wanted this bigger part? Do you think that th- these two are, are comparable? Uh, I think if you have Jada Pinkett Smith, you're going to use her and like not make her a background player. And because she has such a presence, you know, and the character is larger than life and, you know, kind of a diva. It's you, you almost it's kind of a snowball effect. You almost have to use her. And I, I, th- I think I think you're right, Josh. But I feel that like. But that I, I think that like if she were not played by Jada Pinkett Smith, we wouldn't see so, we, we wouldn't be seeing so much of her. Or I think that she would be a little bit more palatable because because like you know we have the celebrity, we have to use her. But the way the way in which they're using her kind of like you know clashes. I feel with with the, with the general direction of the series. So I think there's, it's a combination of you know, okay, let's cast a big name for this mobster. Oh, J.P. Smith. Okay, well, we've written her out of Gotham, so we got to follow her so we can justify, you know, keep having her on the show. And it's, it's sort of like at one point a mistake was made, and like this is the kind of the result of that. We can always follow her in the Madagascar franchise as Gloria really? the Hippo. You didn't know that was her? Uh, I think I've only seen the first Madagascar. Oh yeah, yeah. She's Gloria the Hippo in all of the Madagascar franchise. She was a hippo, huh? <laughs> she was a hippo. <laughs> She's a hippo. Barbara's a frog. Oh, Penguin's a penguin. What of it? It's a whole zoo here. Uh, do we want to talk about the penguin for like two minutes? Because that's like all there's going to be to say about his plot. I enjoyed uh, that one moment where Bruce was going into one of the shooting galleries and Penguin like hops past him uh, in the background, and then he like pauses for whatever reason. His bad guy. Yeah, he kind of one. I kind of like. I mean. It, it may have been, I don't know, campy or whatever, but I, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, you know, it, it was weird. It, it was weird just because you have no idea what's going on. Why does he want to buy this bar when he's got another bar? I wondered if maybe it was to go behind Butch's back or whatever and have his own thing and really make the Iceberg Lounge. And then, of course, you've got the guitar player and all that stuff. So, of course, there's a little plot going on. But until you know what the motive is, it seems like, oh, why am I watching this? So I think it was a weaker a weaker, a weaker. Um, well, because you know the weak old man that you always do. So I oh, yeah. fish yeah. Moon uh, I, I think that it, uh, it, it, it wasn't the the best penguin storyline. I agree. I, th- I, I mean, it's actually kind of dumb that like he just happens to pass Bruce Wayne, and like he's, he's like. It makes that face because it's not like I don't think he's ever met the kid, <laughs> but like, they haven't. What, if if we could like you know walk by a person that would have an impact on us, like twenty five or twenty or fifteen or ten years later, would we really like you know? Hmm, I sense a presence, a person that won't feel since, and then kind of walk. I, I, Thanks, Darth that's Vader. Stupid. 
Yo. That happens to me a few times a day. I like randomly stop and like know that like my future like oh, nemesis or love interest is like somewhere nearby. And then you get a text from <laughs> <laughs> like turn oh, around. <laughs> but um, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of dumb. But that being said, I agree. I did like it because I don't know. I do like those moments that like just you know foreshadow the Batman story. Where, you know, they're going to be fighting for years. And that's, that's kind of cool, no matter how nonsensical it is. Um, the main plot, it was, it was, it was Penguin doing something. That, which was, it, was, it was almost interesting, but we had to have a scene like, you know, like, like tick his finger. Okay, give me the pliers. No! He lost his finger. It's like, and the show, the show thinks it's so dark by, like, you know, dun, dun, dun. The yeah, the doll maker will give him a new one next week. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like... I feel that the show feels like it's really self-satisfied in how violent it is, but it's just kind of like draining and repetitive and just, I don't know, it's just, it's just stop. I wish that the violence would kind of just tone down, not because I'm sensitive to violence, but like it's, it loses its meaning when it's every single episode that an eyeball pops out or a finger gets lost, you know, or someone gets <laughs> off the building. It's like, it's like what in the world? We think that the Batman comics are like this all the time. What kind of, I mean, it's not the freaking cult every issue. And, and I love the way you describe it. Like every episode, a body part just like pops off of someone's body. It's it's it's, it's constant freaking crap. That like, it, 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 to me, it feels like it's almost getting the character wrong. Not that Batman just isn't light. It's obviously a dark story, but like when they do this stuff, it's, it feels like I'm watching a different show. And the show feels the show. I get a sense that like. It's trying to really shock us with this violence, without, and they have a short-term memory because they do it all the time. And I'm so numb to it that it's like, can you show something else, please, that, I don't know, emotional or character-wise or is interesting or funny? You know, I, I'm not – if I want – I'm not saying do The Flash because if I want to watch The Flash, I watch The Flash. But, like, you know, do something that's just a bit, I don't know, interesting. It's the, it's the same thing. It's just like the Gordon and Bullock stuff. It's the same thing over and over again. People get hurt. Gordon argues with Bullock. Cops can't do something. You know, Fish Mooney takes up space. Uh, Bruce Wayne cries. It's, it's all over again. Over, over. Selena Kyle calls him a kid. Like, constantly. <laughs> and I, I, feel, I, I really feel like they're out of ideas. Wow. Okay. Well, um, most of what I had to say about the Penguin plot, I said in my, you know, rundown of the entire episode, it's this could have been deleted to make more room for like other plot lines or more character development because I really didn't feel like it advanced the penguin story more than like, you know, penguin purchases a bar by torturing a guy, you know, like next it's I mean, this, this line of dialogue in the next episode, you know, where he's like, ah, oh, butch, but I purchased, you know, Dom Maroney's favorite bar, or like some bar that has to do. And it's weird that like, I, this guy's been on the show before, like penguin, like was like randomly telling him his plan. Like one episode, I think when he found Liza, like this, like, you know, butch substitute. And I was wondering why he was there and not butch, but Oh, well, um, I, I did like the scene of him almost like running into Bruce Wayne and, you know, his foreshadowing sense was tingling. It wasn't too on the nose for me. Um, you know, I can accept, you know, little things like that. If they do it every week and, like, call too much attention to it, like, too much foreshadowing, it'll tick me off. But, like, not all the characters on the show have interacted before, which is interesting. Like, that's why they um, put Edward Nygma and Penguin in a room a few episodes mm. ago. And then you realize, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Penguin. <laughs> and I have, like, Penguin, like, be annoyed by him as everyone else was. Like, <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, but otherwise I have, you know, nothing to say. And I, I love, it's, 
oh, because this is where I'm going to kill Don Maroney. Dun, dun, dun. And it's like, the Don Maroney photo was, like, there all this time. <laughs> oh, that's just, I don't think I noticed that. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he says he's going to kill Don Maroney, like, the camera fans around, and there's, like, a photo of, like, you know, Maroney with, like, some person. Like, that's right. For oh. some reason. For some reason, Maroney has to do with this bar. Um, so the final plot line, unless there's another secret plot line I forgot, was um, Bruce and Selena, you know, adventures in the city, going after, you know, junkies, pushing them out windows, you know, kid stuff. Stella. Kid stuff, you say? Uh, that oh, yes. was, I don't know. I, I feel like... There are gonna, there has to be ramifications there somehow. I feel like this is probably the first time Selena ever killed somebody, and she sort of. I, I felt like there was a bit of a stutter, and then she walks away. Bruce, of course, was contemplating it, so I, I, I think that he's going to be greatly affected by it, even though he didn't actually do it, but he was considering it. But I am wondering how it's going to impact their relationship. Um, I, I think it was a bit too much. You know, when he was dangling out of of this window, I, I did think like, oh gosh, what, what's about to happen? Um, is he about to fall? I, I didn't actually think he would, uh, though, you know, I, I considered. But I thought, you know, in the end, someone's going to stop themselves. Um, ugh, I don't know. I, I just think, I, I hope they deal with it. I hope it's not forgotten. I did like the fact that he, he was tempted to... Actually, he, he looked kind of funny when he was like, you know, I want to I know. kill <laughs> He, like, was walking like a robot towards him with his arms, like, <laughs> yeah. stretched, like, destroy, destroy. <laughs> Crush, kill, destroy. <laughs> Exterminate. Um, I... It's not out of character for me that, that Selena Kyle did that, but I know that more often than not, she typically doesn't kill people, but she has. So it's I don't I don't really have a problem with it, but I I know where you're going with it, so I'll just let you talk. No, I I, I have a problem with it somewhat. Like she's killed, but like it's been established like since the golden age that like she's against killing. Like in her first uh story that she meets the Joker, like she and the Joker have a team up in the Golden Age and the Joker's gonna kill someone and Catwoman tries to stop him. Like at that point she's not about that plan anymore. And in the Bronze Age, like, she committed murder in a story or two, and I think, like, Brave and the Bold or something. And, like, it was later said by editorial that, oh, that that was, like, Earth B or something, Earth Selena B? Kyle. Like, not some one of the random, like, infinite Earths that there were. Um, because they didn't want to say that, like, the main Selena Kyle committed murder. And obviously, post-crisis, you know, she's done little things like kill Black Mask, like, in extreme situations. That was completely just yeah, but the, but this was like this was a cold blooded murder. This wasn't like you know like it was either them or Reggie. Like Reggie was like you know harmless and like spending. Like, I'm gonna tell you kids, I sure am. Spending like thirty minutes like outside that window, like oh boy, it would sure be the same if someone was to push me. And um, I don't know where they're gonna go from here. Like it could mean that there's gonna be a conflict between like Bruce and Selena. Like you know where. I can't work with you because I believe in justice and you're not justice, you do crime. And while that would be interesting because that is their relationship in the comics, I'd them to have that relationship like already when they're, you know, 12 years old. Um, it's, it, and yet, it's, how many it's, times have we joked about them doing Batman storylines in this show? <laughs> yeah, we already had the Fairchild murder. We're like, we're up to Bruce Wayne murder fugitive, you know, already here. <laughs> um, <laughs> except they had Peter Petrelli do it instead of David Kane. 
Oh yes, that'd be funny if like they find Vesper and you're like, or she's not Vesper. She's just like some Fairchild person. They find her next episode and like Bruce Wayne's over her body and like they just start doing Bruce Wayne murder fugitives. All of a sudden, uh, Sasha shows up and they get arrested by Montoya. Barbara Keane like shows them. Barbara Keane like shows up uh, like in uh, to visit Bruce in jail. She's like, I took the bar and I passed. I'm gonna be your lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that your daughter oh man ribbit ribbit otherwise you know this i feel like since the writers like had that um those episodes last season last season it wasn't last season it was like the first half of the season of bruce and selena together they've discovered that like they have chemistry <gasps> so like chemistry huh <laughs> say again i said what'd you say chemistry oh uh, but what did josh say it's like when the writers discover that they had chemistry, like they put them together in a lot of scenes often and have them do this banter, like, oh, kid, you don't know about the streets. Let me tell you how it is, say. I'm really tired of her saying that. It, it, it's condescending. Yeah, it's condescending when she does, but like, I like it when they have more of a back and forth, like in the Lovecraft episode where he's like, you know, you're, you're a good person, but you're not a nice person, like stuff like that, you know, where yes. he gives back to her and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and there wasn't as much of that this episode. And I guess, you know, Alfred trying to get up and like, oh, gee, Master Bruce, I'm bleeding, which actually, I can't hear that without thinking of um, a, a friend of ours named Zach, who like in the middle of recording an episode of Clone Saga Chronicles announced that he was bleeding and then like disappeared for an hour. Um, it was a very, very strange night. But yeah, that sure was the Bruce Selina plot line. And... I'm glad that honestly, I'm glad that that guy's out of the show because I kind of in this episode at least I, th- I found him kind of annoying. Um, I guess it's interesting where, where that's going, but like, how many episodes do we have now? Three episodes left. It definitely puts uh, yeah, yeah, three Bruce in a direct puts Bruce directly in the uh, or he puts the uh, Wayne board directly in his sights. So that's at least something. The move around that time. L- let me ask, let me ask you both something before we you know wrap up since we have three episodes left. What are some things that you hope would happen, like, before the end of the season? Um, I hope that... I'll say right now, I, I want some movement on the whole, like, you know, who killed the Waynes. Mm. Yeah, I, I, in that plotline, have them just start training and, and then even leave the show if need be. I, I, I'm getting a little tired of, like, the whole, like, overarching season-long plot. I know that's how television works these days, but to me, the plots aren't interesting. Have, um... Penguin start to be a crime boss on his own for next season at least, or set him up as, as not not a goober but like an actual threat. And well, um, he can't kill Don Maroney. Don Maroney has to scar Two Face. You know, it's like you know, run him out of town. I guess. And Falcon can die because it's, it's not like you know he's destined to die at Long Halloween. It's. I mean, they can change the continuity if they want. I guess you know, like like certain other shows do that. I don't want to spoil. Right. Stella, what are some things that you want to happen before the end of the season? Um, I would like, I, I think before killing fish off, um, I, I think that if you know if you're deciding to to get rid of her in some way, I think she does need to come back to Gotham and do something really big uh, that that has some lasting impact. I would like uh, Bruce and the the Wayne board that to move forward a little bit. So I guess that all connects to the conspiracy with with the the Waynes. Uh, Jim Gordon, I think this is what I'm. I just want there to be 
some something big that happens there in uh, in GCPD, and uh, that just really shakes things down and and um, either puts people really against him or starts to bring people to him. And I don't know if that means. I mean, wouldn't that be weird if uh, Sarah Essen becomes acting commissioner? But I think like we need to. Yeah, I, I don't know really if cool. um, you know we get rid of Loeb for a short period because I, I know he needs to come back at some point because it's a little too early. But but I feel like there needs to be some sort of administrative shakeup, um, and and that's what what I'm hoping for. That does it for Beast of Prey. Next week's episode is called Under the Knife. In Under the Knife, Gordon and Bullock continue to investigate the ogre guest star Milo Ventimiglia, who begins to make his move on someone close to Gordon. Meanwhile, Bruce and Selena team up to expose a corrupt Wayne Enterprises employee. Enigma comes to Kristen Kringle's defense. Dun, dun, dun. So uh, the cast will be Ben McKenzie, Donald Lowe, Judith Pika Smith, Sean Pertwee, Robin Lord Taylor, Aaron Richards, David Maz- Davi Mazaos, Carmen Biancondova, uh, Z- as Selena Kyle slash the future Catwoman, Sabrina <laughs> uh, Gu- Guevara, as Essen, Corey Michael Smith as Nigma, the f- slash the future Riddler, Victoria Cartagena as Renee. Ooh, Renee, my toy's coming back. No, no, she's in the main cast list, so they have her listed every single time. It's been less, less than five episodes. I know, like, if you look at the guest cast list, like, that's the one that's different each time. Okay, uh, Brandon McCann's coming back, Milo Ventimiglia, uh, Butch will be in there, uh, Donald Moe's gonna be in there, Chelsea, Chelsea Spack as Christine Kringle. And Gertrude Cobble- Kubelput. Does he really name this woman Kristen Kringle? Like Chris Kringle, but not? The, they, he says that in like her first episode. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> it's a while ago. Um, I find it funny that like the, the, like the villains are credited as the future Catwoman, the future Riddler, but Bruce Wayne, I guess he's not credited as... Well, he's, he's obviously Batman. Because he's not going to be Batman. Someone else is. Don't even start with that mess. Ah, it's this character that only comic for nerds know, of course. Like, Terry McGinnis as Batman. In the last episode, as Gordon is shot down, Barbara, in her frog body, is going to, like, swear <laughs> vengeance over his corpse and become Bat-Frog. I'm getting sort of a Justice League vibe from this, uh, the, the fact that, um, actually, I'm getting a little of an Arrow vibe as well, but the fact that this bad guy, this ogre, is coming after Barbara instead of Lee, um, do you think that this is going to, just because, like, apparently he knows Jim's feelings better than Jim knows himself, do you think that this is going to cause a switch and that by the end of the season, Lee and Jim are going to be broken up and Jim is going to be back together with Barbara? Um, spoilers based on an interview with Aaron. Well, the, these are minors, but this is a spoiler about something that's not going to happen, so... If the listeners really don't want to know what's not going to happen, then they could, like, fast forward a minute. Aaron Richards did say that, like, Gordon and Barbara were not going to be back together okay. this season. I just wondered. But, um, like, at, at least not romantically. She says that she's not sure when it's going to happen, but that, like, you know, she knows it's going to happen sooner or later because they have to make little babies. Oh, heavens. So, I know. <laughs> well... We'll see what happens, you know, maybe. <laughs> oh, no. Barbara Gordon will be created. <laughs> it's the end of the world. That would actually be, like, funny. Like, you know, Gordon like Gordon and Lee, like, you know, bust in the Loeb's office. And, like, Loeb, like, turns around Dr. Evil style, like, aha, the ogre has your girlfriend, Gordon. And he's like, what do you mean has my girlfriend? She's right here. What? You're dating the medical examiner? 
yeah, Bullock brings that up every week. <laughs> what of it? Oh, we thought you were still dating that keen woman. We have her captured. Barbara? I haven't seen her since the Black Mask episode. <laughs> What's she up to? Well, she's being tortured by the ogre right now. She's poisoned. She's poisoned? Maybe. Yeah. yeah I remember, we, I'm just we're poisoned. Surprised we're poisoned. Here. Bringing that back. Yeah, well, if there's ever a time to bring Renee Montoya back into the show, good lord, can like, <laughs> good lord. well, I want to see her do things aside from Barbara Keene plots, but like, good, good lord. lord, like, when the ogre has Barbara Keene <laughs> kidnapped, like... Um, it does look interesting because, uh, it is interesting to me how, um, you know, oh, you could get Lee in danger, but then they smash cut to Barbara Keene all dolled up. That is that is kind of a funny twist, so, yeah, like, like, like I said, I'm still kind of down for this plot. I mean, and Gordon and Barbara still have not, you know, come into contact since that Black Mask episode, so they kind of have a lot to catch up on. So, you know, it would be interesting to I, I, at least deal with that because that is a ticking time bomb, but I don't want to see that, you know, as much as I want to see other stuff this season. Like, um, I still say it's a crime that Alan and Montoya have taken a backseat ever since. Um, uh, were they in Lovecraft? I know that Montoya was in the episode before that. I think it was Harvey Dent where she's like, come on, you can trust Harvey Dent, you know, uh, Jim, just like you can trust me. I'm not sleeping with your fiance. Believe me. So until next time, this is Josh. And this is is Don. And you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. I did actually watch a little episode before work. I do not know how many how much I have to say about this episode, so I'm not I'm not I'm not going to like exhaust my uh, my my uh, abilities past the point of no return because I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I I don't think it's a two hour episode. <laughs> you know, cut to one. <laughs> Once it's two hours, I'm going to just turn it off and go home and work. Go to bed. I don't think, like, she's introduced herself as Stella in, like, four episodes. Even on the comic cast, she's... Yeah, on the end, Dustin just keeps going. <laughs> That's what I like. Wouldn't Renee be... Good <laughs> Good Leave him alone. <laughs> His lordship. Ah, yes! I am Carson, and I am engaged to Mrs. Hughes as a result of the season f- series five Christmas Good special. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything else to say about um what should we call under underneath the knife mango tree? Wake me up! Oh, really <laughs> well, he said it two times. He's like, "Good Lord, let me let me take a break." Good Lord, I mean, he it's. Was I British? Well, I don't know. You went off on a tangent and then you came <laughs> back and had to start off with the word.